Hello and welcome once again to the How Long to Beat podcast. I'm Rick, joined as ever uh, by Alex and Paula. Uh, and Alex is joined by a tree that is at least two weeks too early and I'm not okay with that. <laughs> hey, look, I got a little Mario on it that <laughs> no one can he see. He got but... two weeks early as well. <laughs> it's a little... Uh... thing is, Christmas here, once November 11th hits for us, because that's like our Remembrance Day. It's like a, like a Veterans Day kind of thing. After that, that's... it's just, it's it's free for all. <laughs> Oh December's God. the month. You get one whole month, Alex, and not a day more. It's just not enough. Uh, <laughs> so it's Alex Feet a Tree and it's Paula Feet SMTV uh, with a beautiful hey. limited edition of that poking out the corner of her screen. And I'm very, very jealous. <laughs> and speaking of games, this week we are going to start by picking up on three weeks of like backlog, ironically, of games that we've beaten and retired and been playing that we haven't really talked about. Um, that's probably going to take the majority of the episode, but... Once we've done that, we're going to try and squeeze in um, some combination of um, a topic discussing Black Friday hauls and sales in general, um, a question from the community, and everyone's favourite, how, how long, long, to, beat how long beat to beat the game? The game. The game. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've, I've given up on predicting how they'll come out because uh, <laughs> I think the terrible ones end up some of being, being some of the best and vice versa. Um, speaking of some of the best, some of the best games we've been, or not as the case may be, Alex. I understand you didn't like Metroid Dread very much. Yeah. Maybe I let's, Why don't we, like, yeah, let's not bury the lead. We'll go in. With, why don't let's I start? Let's off yeah. that Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is hard because the, the reality with Metroid. So, yeah, I beat Metroid Dread. And, and the reality is that, like, in no world can I say this is a bad game because it's not. Like, as, like, design-wise and everything, it's, it is not bad. It's just... I think what I've come to realize is that Metroid's particular set of moves, like systems, like the way it works is just not what I like from that kind of get upgrades, explore type of game. It's very much because like as you play Metroid Dread, there are, of course, tons of sequence breaks and things that you can do. But as you play it for the first time, it's a very linear experience. Um, it pushes you from one thing to the next. There's all of these like um, elevators that are moving you all over. And like, I think maybe that's part of what I dislike about it. And again, I like, you know, I'm going to beat this dead horse and bring up Hollow Knight again. At this point, Hollow Knight's becoming like the dark souls. of (laughs) There you go. (laughs) This dread horse. Yeah. But like, I, I think it's pertinent because when you play a game like Hollow Knight or Castlevania in general, though, some Castlevanias are more, um, are a little more guilty of the thing that I dislike than others. But what Hollow Knight does is it has this interconnected world that is perfectly, you can investigate the entirety of it without needing to say, like go through a, I don't know, warp point right now. They will introduce fast travel into it as you go along, but it's, it's a thing of convenience, right? It's like, Oh, here you go. And it does this thing. And for a while I used to think like, okay, what's the point of the, um, you know, leaving a soul of where you are after you die kind of deal. Like for a while, I was like, why did they do that? But then recognizing that the the reason they do that is like, well, now you can easily get back to where you were. It's teaching you the map as you go along. But Metroid Dread, it's like, it's just guiding you along corridors. And it does do nice things within the maps of like indicating what type of power-ups are going to be used on certain doors. So it sort of becomes this thing of like you get an upgrade and you open up your map and you go like, all right, where are the doors? And like, that's nice. It's nice that they give you those. Um, But you're like, all right, that's probably where I have to go next. Bada boom, bada bing. 
So in some cases, that could be, I think, considered like, oh, that's smart design. Like, they really guide you along and, like, kind of show you where to go. But it doesn't feel good. It just doesn't feel very good. And, like, I think this game, weirdly enough, has a lot of competing interests in it where, like, it almost feels more like a game that was made for um, those who are like, well, I'm going to play this 20 times and I'm going to sequence break and go crazy um, throughout it. And that's awesome for those who love that, right? Like, I think if you're a diehard Metroid fan, you're probably going to really enjoy this game. But I was hoping, you know, for a fun, good experience at the get-go, you know? <laughs> and like, instead, I'm like, I don't want to... Also, the boss fight at the end was stupid. Um, this game relies a lot on the, like... Uh, weight counter stuff which i know it's faster apparently than yeah i fucking hate that so much i think it's the dumbest (laughs) mechanic i've ever seen in a game i'm like this is not this isn't fun i was like who thinks this is fun you know like i'm like like where's the shiny light okay no hit it's a quick time event it's a quick time event made as a mechanic that's what it is so i'm like no thanks um parries are different because you know i don't know i don't like it because like you know you know what but you know what i mean right like like parrying or countering an attack is different than wait for the shiny light because if say you can counter like almost any move but you're still attacking i'm kind of okay with that a little bit but in this it's just like when's the shiny move there it is Pa-ching! all right let's go <sighs> fuck anyway fuck i hate it so much <laughs> um so yeah i mean that's part of it like i felt as though the exploration was actually a bit um like a little crushed in some ways I also don't like the... Like, look. You know what fucking upgrades you're going to get. There's no fucking surprises. And any surprises that you do get, they're not very surprising. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the power-ups that aren't in other games, you're like, okay, I guess that makes sense. You know, like, it's not like something that's like, oh, what a cool, interesting new way to navigate. You're just kind of like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just jaded by Metroid now. I've played so many of them. And I... Probably also, I just hate shine sparking. I just don't find that fun. And like, I know for some people, they're real fucking into it. Like, ooh, run, bing, like grab that fucking thing and, you know, launch yourself up. They've made it easier than ever. But I don't know. I, and also, what are the fucking upgrades you're getting? Who cares about them? They're fucking missiles and health packs, but you could beat the game without ever needing to use missiles. They're not necessary. They're literally unnecessary. So like, Everything you get, and and here's the problem. Every upgrade you get makes the game easier. So if you're really good at the game, and because think about it, right? Like if you explore everything and you're excellent at the game, you in an effect make all the bosses easier to beat, which to me is weird. Like if I'm good at Metroid, I want the bosses to be challenging. But if I get all the fucking missiles and power bombs and health upgrades, I'm going to decimate the bosses. The bosses I found were challenging. I died a fair bit and were pretty good overall. Like I was like, oh, this is this is fun. Like it's this is a challenging experience. I don't know. I have a bone to pick with this game, but And, and now that we've established yeah. that you hate fun, maybe maybe we should just move on to uh Wait, to no. Oh ooh. no, ooh. the Emmys are fucking dumb. The Emmys are so dumb. They're insta-kill stupid shit. Not scary whatsoever, because when you get hit, who cares? You just die. Yeah, there's like a split momentary second where you can counter it, but like, who cares? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're like 10, 
it's tense for like one encounter, but then you just get killed. You know, like you just die. It's like, ah. All right. Anyway, I, you know what? Before I piss off more people who enjoy this game, just play Hollow Knight. It's way better. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's what I have to I say. I think you're it. just with that comment. You're still pissing off more people. <laughs> good. Uh, I don't know. Like I... <laughs> I gave it like an eight because it is a good game, clearly, like design wise, like whoever, like for those who enjoy this, they'll enjoy it. But like, if anything that I'm saying resonates with you, like if you're like, oh, that does kind of sound like I'm not into that, like you might not enjoy it, right? And that's also fine because Metroid is very much a specific game, right? Like it, its appeal and its niche is specific. And I'm actually glad it exists because of that. Like at least people who really enjoy this shit, they've got something that's really good and that they can really dig uh, dig themselves into. Unfortunately, I'm just not one of those people, but I experienced it. Anyway, I'll be interested to hear what either of you think whenever you eventually get around to Metroid Dread because uh, well, I'm sure you'll well. like it more I've never played a Metroid game, so. Oh, okay. Well, maybe you won't then. <laughs> I think I think the rules of this podcast dictate I have to play Hollow Knight first once I already own it. Yes, play it first. It's such a good game. <laughs> but anyway, I fall on the Castlevania side of the of the, of the Metroidvanias. All right, yeah, let's talk about Assassin's Creed Unity, which, funny enough, is a game that a lot of people shit on, and I thought it was kind of fun, um, though is arguably not incredible. But <laughs> like, it's still fun. I've seen some people defending Unity now as saying it's like the height of like Assassin's Creed, and I'm like slow your fucking roll like let's let's be like let's not be that revisionist over assassin's creed fucking unity man. like this game is a little stupid like it's fun but it's pretty fucking dumb and like the big issue with it i think i've talked about this like when you open the map oh uh, it's just icons like they're literally you can't see anything it's just fucking full-on icons and when you have one of those maps where you can filter through like nine options oh there's a problem Ubisoft gonna Ubisoft. <laughs> i know right and so anyway the, the the parkour is really fun um the story is just so fucking dumb um and like maybe problematic so you know actually i think we should talk about this game we talked about like this idea of um uh what was gonna say um like politics and games it actually has a pretty intense message that a lot of these games do have, but like I've, I think I talked about this a little bit before, but like they touch on the revolution, right? And like they kind of try to paint the revolution as like was an evil thing. Anyway, I, it's interesting. Um, so like I, uh, though they do do one historical thing near the end that I thought was very clever and almost won it way more points than I would have expected. But yeah, like if, if you want just like a workhorse Assassin's Creed game where like you get to just do fun assassinations, uh, you have an interesting new parkour system, you'll enjoy it. Like, that's all I wanted. I just wanted a little bit of a fun Assassin's Creed time, and I did have that. So, uh, good game. Way better now, too. Like, if you play it on the Series X or the... I don't know how it works on the PS5, but the Series X, it's, it's like, pretty fucking impressive because they had the FPS boost and, like, the audio HDR enabled on it now. And so, frankly, I gotta say, actually, it looks a bit like some of the games I was playing at, like, when I first got, like, some of the first series x exclusives and stuff that were coming out like it, it holds up really incredibly well um because they fixed the bugs 
I was going to say that those eyeballs and yep. gums are going to be in incredible 4K now, are they? Exactly. Beautiful 4K. <laughs> well, and the crowds actually work, you know? Like, it can they can actually display all of those people in it because they had such a huge crowds in that game, and the fucking PS4 couldn't handle that shit. People would just pop in, but they don't do that in this one. Occasionally, in some of the, like, the massivest, massivest crowds that had, like, hundreds and hundreds of people, occasionally I saw, like, one person pop up, but, like... Usually not, so it was impressive. Do you know what does suck, though? Uh, the DLC. Dead Kings, really fucking bad. Don't play it. It's just... Okay, I'm just ranting today, I guess. You know what? I've had a long week, but... <laughs> you know, who the fuck thought that it's a good idea to take your game about parkour and fucking put it underground? It's like Batman. They did this with Batman Arkham City as well, where like a game where you get to fly around as Batman and then they're like, you know what would be really fun? Tight subway corridors. <laughs> You're like... I love the brass balls on that. Like, yeah. Why is that fun, right? They're just like, fuck it. That let's, shit. let's go underground. You can't scale everything because you're in a fucking crypt now. And like, I guess I could see the argument of like, oh, you have to be a little more strategic with your fucking stealthy kills. But no, that's not what they did. They give you a fucking uh, cannon gun that you use that you can just... And it's also an axe, whatever. It's called a guillotine gun that you can shoot people. So, like, no, there's no stealth. You're just blowing up crowds. So I'm like, what was the purpose of putting me underground? You literally made a game that has some of the most crowds I've ever seen. Why didn't you just put me above and let me blow up huge crowds of people? Anyway. I love the idea of a cynical dev who's like, yeah. Bet you're glad you pre-ordered that season pass, bitch. I know, right? Yeah, I can imagine someone who's just like, all these fucking season passes. Fuck this shit. Fuck them all. We're making too much money. I know, right? Like, that's kind of what it felt like a little. I was like, it's free, though, to be fair, this one. Like, this uh, DLC was free. Uh, I don't know if it it was, right? Oh, no, it wasn't supposed to be, though. That's just because they fucked up the base game so much. Yes, "Mm, I think that must be why. Um, Probably. Yeah, and they were like, oh, you didn't like the gums. All right, this is the shit again. Yeah, because they fucked it up so bad. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyway, two diametrically. But you know what's interesting? Again, Assassin's Creed Unity is for sure a worse game than Metroid Dread. But I had a lot more fun with it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it really just comes down to the fact that, like, it's just kind of open and enjoyable and kind of at your own pace-ish kind of game. And I think that's where I'm leaning a little more now, which is interesting because I kind of hate open worlds. But anyway, who knows? Who knows what one person will enjoy? All right, someone else, tell me what you were fucking playing and what you mean. <laughs> Let me jump in. I want to I wanna shout out friends of the podcast, Cock and Abitage, because mm. uh, in the last week we beat a co-op game called Distrust, uh, which is basically John Carpenter's thing, the co-op video game. Um, and it's pretty cool. It's a bit janky. There's definitely like a few rough edges, but it's also, and I think this has to be shouted out, got an excellent save system. So a couple of times on our winning run, um, we had like crashes and people disconnecting and reconnecting. And um, yeah, at one point we had to sort of completely sort of exit the game and jump back in. And it saved like 30 seconds before everything catastrophically crashed. Um and that's not easy for, for a game where you're playing with one person from the UK, one person from Germany, one person from fucking Australia. Like, technology, man. It's fucking great. I love it. Um, but the game's a lot of fun. Uh, it took us about 10 runs to see the end. Um, and there was a lot of fun had in those runs. If you've got a couple of friends you want to play a, a co-op game with, 
easy one to recommend. It goes very, very cheap nowadays because it's a few years old at this point. Um, and we had an absolute blast. Next one is uh, Harbordite on the 3DS. Can't really recommend this one. It is very, very basic and way too long for what it does. And it, it outstays its welcome relatively quickly. Um, the problem you have is that it's an auto runner that's trying to like base itself around music. But you have like two actions. You have a jump and a swing. And there's only so much music you can base around all of those. And what they do to pad out the game's runtime, maybe two-fifths of the levels are literally just Simon Says. So, like, when you're in primary school and your teacher claps out the beat and you clap back the beat. It's just like, this isn't gameplay. This is busy work with a slightly prettier background than usual. And I'm not about it. And there's not really a story because it, it's, a, it's a fucking non-Pokemon game freak game. Like, you are a soldier with a music note-shaped sword and you have to defeat the Noisoids. That's what they call the enemies. The Noisoids. It's like peak Saturday morning cartoon, but just not. Without all the fun, basically. Um, the 3D effect was nice. The 3D graphics are decent. Can't really recommend the game. Um, it's not the one. Next one. An interesting one. Not sure if I'd recommend it or not, but I had an interesting time with it. This was a game uh, recommended to me by a very sort of relevant for this show gaming channel called First Five, um, where they sort of play the first five hours of games or games that are under five hours um, and review them based solely on that criterion. Um, the game is called Alt Frequencies. Uh, the concept of the game is that you are living in a world where... Um, the government has found a way to close time and create a time loop and um, are having a vote on whether they should do that for the nation on the basis that it would protect the environment um, because it would allow trees to like regrow and what have you. Um, the core gameplay is you listening to radio clips and you're able to like record and send in clips from one channel to another channel. And there's this kind of basic puzzle element where you have to find the right clip to send to the right show, to move things around in the story and progress the story. It only vaguely works. Um, the, the game essentially requires a lot of logical heaps and hoops. Logical heaps and hoops? Logical leaps and hoops um, to be jumped through for, for the game to make any sense mechanically. Uh, and the mechanic kind of works if you can suspend your disbelief for everything for the like two hours it takes to beat. I found it quite tricky too. I felt like there were way too many holes in that plot for it to really make all that much sense. Um, I spent more time trying to square all those circles in my head than I really did sort of enjoying the plot. The plot's fucking stupid. Um, and it, it, it feels like it's been cobbled together in service of a mediocre game idea. Um, it is novel. Can't think of any game that makes me do anything like that. And there were moments of... Um, accomplishment of um achievement of you know that kind of aha thing where you saw the puzzle even as cheap as it was on sale and it probably is on sale it's a, it's a tough recommend um unless you've got like a couple of hours that you just want to kill and it looks interesting to you already um yeah i i, I think it asks too much and asks you to go too far to try and make itself work if that makes sense um, finally beat Ghost Trick it's just as good as I remember it the first time around yeah uh, basically <laughs> I got a new phone and I was emulating it on my old phone 
And I was mm. like, right, I need to finish this so I don't want to sort of muck around moving the ROM and the save Wait, files. Wait, because you, got, you got the flip one, right? Could you like play it like an actual right. DS sideways? <laughs> or did it have uh, You up? actually could. You could. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Yes. But I, I finished it on the, on the main phone first. Um, yeah, so for everyone listening at home, I've got one of those uh, Samsung folding phones. It's the one. It's great. I love it. Yeah, is it? Okay. Um, I, uh, I got a pen with it as well. In the UK, they've got an offer where if you order it, they'll send you one of their S pens like free of charge. Mm. Um, so you could straight yeah, up, like, it's, it's just a DS for you now, like a better quality DS. <laughs> I, yeah, so I can much. totally do it that way. Um, don't, it's, it's not worth how much no. it is. I got a very heavy discount on the thing, otherwise I would not have bothered. But <laughs> the tech is cool. It's crazy how quickly you forget that the screen is literally fucking folding on the inside. Yeah. Like, that's witchcraft. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it just becomes normal so quickly. Um, but the thrust of it is I, I was compelled to power through the second half of Ghost Trick. Um, that story is great. So many twists and turns that had just like yeah. escaped from my mind. Um, the final couple of chapters, so creative, so clever. Um what a game. Go and play it. However you can play it, go and play it. And um, Paolo, you're still finishing it, right? Yeah, I haven't uh, that like in a couple of weeks now because, well, my hand's stiff and I bring a, yeah. a completion of my own to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll come to it in a minute. Paolo was just in our messages. Oh, yeah, I uh, my finger slipped and I beat Fire Emblem. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> you you need to let your other finger slip and you need to keep Coast Trick. It's... <laughs> it's it great. It's an accident, taste. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Uh. Um, and then the last game I beat, and it, this is another strange one. I've got strange completions this week. Um, a game called Metrico for the PlayStation Vita. Um, it also has a plus release on PC and like modern platforms. It's a 2D puzzle platformer, relatively short one. The conceit is that you're stuck in various like graph based levels. Um, and for the Vita version, at least, uh, various inputs, including sort of tilting the console, using the front and back touchpads, um, the number of jumps and resets and deaths you've done affect the way certain elements of those graphs move. Really interesting concept. Probably just about does enough to justify itself over like the two and a bit, three hours it took me to beat the thing. It is a little bit abstract. There's never really much of a, an explanation for why you're doing what you're doing. Mm. Um, there's like a quasi story, but it's one of those things where it's like told through um, silent cutscenes that don't really show much of anything because it's all gotcha. in a fucking graph and there's no dialogue and it's all um, suggestions of possibilities of things. Gameplay's clever. I'm glad I didn't pay for it, but the gameplay is clever. Um, and there were certainly moments where I was like spinning my PS Vita around 360 degrees in my hand to make a, a, a platform move all the way across while I was aiming mm. a shot on the back touchpad. It, it does a lot of clever stuff. I wish the end result was a little bit more enjoyable than it ultimately mm. was. But overall, um, I'd say if you've got a hacked Vita, it's well worth downloading and giving a go. Um, and I don't know how deeply discounted the Plus version goes on sale. My minding is that that probably loses all of the charm in the sense that yeah. those inputs aren't going to be the same because you, you lose the, the Vita specificity of those inputs. Mm. Um, very interesting, though. It's one I'm glad I went back and had a look at um, in terms of filling that gap in my gaming knowledge. That is 
five completions from me. Uh, Paolo, why don't you tell us about how your finger slipped and you accidentally beat Fire Emblem New Mystery of the Emblem Heroes of Light and Shadow for the Nintendo God. DS. Fire Emblem titles are always so succinct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just straight to the point. Fire Emblem New Mystery of the Emblem Heroes of Light and Shadow. At least the remake <laughs> yeah. ones. I guess the normal ones are succinct, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the number was like the second this game in the was it SNES? Yeah, SNES. Uh, it was called New Mystery of the Emblem, but this game in particular was book two because since it is uh kind of like a direct sequel to Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light, uh, they had to remake Shadow Dragon for the SNES and pack it together as book one of uh, Mystery of the Emblem, and Mystery of the Emblem, which was the second book two, was titled Heroes of Light and Shadow. Oh, right. So wait, well, the original that, SNES that one... is the game. Yeah. Sorry, the original what? SNES one was just Mystery of the Emblem. Oh, just one. Mystery of... No, yeah. But it was just Mystery of the Emblem, but it contained two games. That mm. it was book one, Shadow Dragon, and book two, this one. Mm. So I guess uh, the, the sub subtitle comes from that. Dear God. I may be talking up my ass, but <laughs> that, well, that's no one the would thing know. that makes this <laughs> no one would know. <sighs> I love it when people can prove me wrong. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh that aside, I don't know what happened, but I was like, oh chapter 17, and suddenly like it was like, oh, I'm gonna play like a couple of chapters per day. I was planning to finish it like for the next week. Um, and then I was like, oh, might as I'm, I'm, I'm a chapter like 20, might as well like uh, play another chapter. Another, another. I ended up playing like nine chapters in a day. I don't know what my problem is. Oh my gosh. Uh, still, uh, Nekanili is pretty much like um, Chat Dragon, like the DS remake. Um, and being like a direct sequel, you actually get to recruit again many characters from that you originally recruited in that game. So, for example, um, uh, you 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 get you you get again like the Pegasus sisters or uh, Minerva or uh, everyone's favorite Stormmaster Navarre, and you can make them broken as back again because why not? One difference though is that. If I remember correctly, like in the arena show dragon, you can get like the item that lets you like promote the Pegasus Knights to Falcon Knights without the was it like a download of like freedom lot free DLC or something like that? I don't remember, but uh, I couldn't have I, I, I didn't have access to certain um upgrades for certain units on, on Shadow Dragon. And I'm happy to say that you get them here, which is nice. Um, also, important to note that the um, the arena, the place where you could like um, level up your units and get gold, got kind of like rework, and it was turned into the drill grounds, which you can access like during your chapter preparation stage at any. Uh, at any point in the game, pretty much, and you can level up your units there, though you cannot earn gold from it. So you have to like 
be careful how much money you want to spend of leveling up a unit. But if you have, um, if you're able like to get like a winning streak, you get um, more experience and more battle your unit wins. Uh, so you end up like leveling more uh, for for less money, which is really really nice. Um, still, this game in particular kind of like reuses a lot of the maps, especially on the later chapters. But like you, um, some like you start like pretty much at the same point on the map. But on other maps, you start like from the opposing side. Um, and even if they were reusing the maps, it was still interesting how, with the way they uh, positioned their, their enemy units, you could get like a completely different experience. Especially because for some chapters, you get side chapters and you have to. Um, you kind of have like certain requirements to access it. So, for example, there's one specific chapter where you have to like battle this army, but there are like soldiers that aren't willing to fight and are like very low level, that are pretty much were civilians that weren't given like weapons. So, for example, if you don't kill those, you can recruit more units because the general of that army um isn't willing to fight for the other side pretty much they were like forced to mm. uh so if you show compassion and you don't kill their uh totally not soldiers uh then you you get like extra units or there, or, for example, there was another map where if you didn't harm the clerics, uh, you get access to an extra map, and there you could uh, recruit... Was it Wendell? I think it was Wendell. That is one of the healers you get like in the first game. So yeah, and yeah, that's like, uh, I think that's all I wanted to say. It was still really fun. I think it was mechanically more solid than, the, than Shadow Dragon. And also, even though I I very much like said that the, the DS games look horrible because of the 3D-ish models they have going on, they still kind of grew on me. So moving on to the next game, I'm kind of sad that I don't get to see that again. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's a uh, new mystery of the emblem. Uh, for anyone who enjoyed Shadow Dragon and would like to see even more of that world, more of those characters, or even just like the gameplay, I would highly recommend to get this one. Though, you will have to get like a, a totally legal uh, patch from, because it was never released on the West. But there is a, a fan translation. And it is very good. Yeah, or you can wait you can like just... 20 years and maybe Nintendo will let you buy it for like a three-month window <laughs> to give them access to their like premium uh, fuck that. subscription tier. I don't know. And let's be real, okay. dude. 
like Fire Emblem stories, especially the early ones, it's it's fine. It's not that complicated. It's fine, yeah. <laughs> it's fine, TM. It's the tactics. It's fine, TM. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, the tactics were uh, really great. Um, I play a Fire Emblem for the story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Awakening, uh, like, yeah, maybe, but... Uh. <laughs> let's be super honest, like, uh, people playing, like, as, well, maybe the older Fire Emblems, they like the challenge. The newer Fire Emblems, they may like the story, or the uh, characters themselves. I've seen stuff. Mm. Um... Uh, so yeah, that is a uh, new Easter of the Emblem. Moving on to the next two completions, because um, I've been busy. <laughs> Behind the frame, the finest scenery for PC. It's a little game that it has sort of like a Ghibli-ish aesthetic in a way. And on the trailers, they show you, like, these... Oh, this game. Um, yeah, that game. They show you, like, this woman who is, like, a painter, and... Uh, what you see on the trailer is pretty much her, like, uh, drawing steps. And looking at the the window, like, the, the window, like, right in front of her window, where there's, like, an... Uh, Older gentleman who is also a painting, a painter, a painter, a painter. Oh my god, I cannot speak English today. Yes, a painter is good. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. Summer heat's already getting to your brain. (laughs) Yeah, and also at a time, but whatever. Um, Yeah, Uh, but they do not tell you that this game is kind of like a point. I want to say like a point and click puzzle adventure or something like that. And it caught me off guard. Especially like the 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 second half of the game. I'm still like trying to process everything that happened. But uh, you kind of like see tidbits of uh, pretty much uh, uh, things that uh, the things that happen behind the frame. Like the, pretty much the story of what she's doing in a way and she has like all these different paintings like hanging on the wall so you see like how what happened like what's the story behind those pictures very much uh i found it to be like a little bittersweet near the end but i still think it is a beautiful beautiful game and it's only like it is very cheap on it is very cheap on steam it's probably on sale and, um, like, anyone who likes, like, for artsy games or, like, point-and-click stuff, I would recommend this game, too. Especially if they are interesting in art in any way. The last game, and this was the what-the-fuck game of the week, <laughs> is Samsara Room, but it is an escape room, a point-and-click escape room. And I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> I had it, like, on my wish list on my wish list. It is a free game, but I had it there because I'm prone to forget the names of free to game free to play games. Free to game plays. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so last week it was me and Palos whose brains are broken, but now it's you two, so 
week <laughs> after it'll be Rick and I. <laughs> I still am more awake than than last week, I think. There. Yeah, uh, it's uh kind of like an escape room, and you pretty much have to like fumble your way through the room and gather the things to pretty much get to another room. The thing is, is there's a way for you like to move to other room, but in reality, I have no idea of what the fuck you're supposed to be doing, but you have like a human form, but also like a fish form, and the room is like the same, it has the same items, but it is like filled with water, so you see things you didn't see before, and I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. And each time you shift the rooms, you also see like your reflection in the mirror, like, I creep me out. <laughs> Like, ugh, I don't know. There were like there, there was. It is unnerving. I more like creepy or scary. It is kind of an unnerving name, but, but whatever. Um, I have a follow up question because this mm -hmm. I've I've played this game. This is part of the Cube Escape stroke sort of Rusty Lake series. Have you played anything else in that series? No. Oh, it gets wilder. It gets. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> they are they are excellent little games. Um most of the Cubescape ones, including Samsara Room, are free. Um I played through Rusty Lake Paradise with a couple of friends, and there is a moment in that game where you like feed a fish to a fly, and then there's a key in the fish for some reason. Like that game is moon logic in in in, in point and click escape room uh, uh. form but it is i mean it's a glorious series and there's lots of wonderful little moments in that um yeah and samsara room is one of their earliest ones like it got remastered as an anniversary thing um so you um... you see probably some of the most out there sort of stretch stuff there as a result um would massively recommend the other ones if you or anyone listening sort of likes that kind of thing um Logic can be a little bit strange, but for the most part, they're pretty intuitive to play. Uh, and the dev has like walkthroughs for every game listed on the website, so you'll never get too stuck. Yeah, actually, I I got stuck mainly because I didn't. I guess I didn't see a thing, or like I tried to interact with it, and I guess I didn't click on the right place or like the the right angle, but. I go stuck and it's like, oh, you had to do that. Oh, I'm a damas. Okay, <laughs> never mind. Um, They're also slightly it's... better suited to mobile. They're also on mobile. Oh. So I, I played on Android, for example. Yeah, I probably want PC to check too. that out. It's still, it is free to play. Oh, I said it. Right. Nice. <laughs> uh, so... Again, check it out on. if you are interested. <laughs> it is a very short game, though, so it's just try it. Just try it. Nice. Can't complain uh, at that price. Maybe I shall. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but that's everything I played. So, I everything I've about my so. retirements. Which is yeah, and it's only Alex this time. Yeah, my segment <laughs> has been overtaken. Both of my retirements are actually because I got because Black Friday came around and I was like, uh oh, <laughs> I was going to spend some money, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so I retired Vanquish. Uh, it's a good game. Uh, there's nothing wrong with this game. It's it's short, but the thing is, 
<laughs> even the cards. So like, you know, like on Series X, like on Switch and stuff too, they'll have like, the. now we've moved to that like square, like title card thing, what it looks like. This and one of the games I'm playing this week, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, they look exactly the same almost. It's like two dudes sliding with jet boots, but except they're sliding towards each other. So on my quick resume, it looks hilarious. It's like the two of them are sliding. And I was like, okay, these games might be too similar for me to be playing at the same time. So, And then Mike ties it in the back. He's like, now kids. Now kids. Yeah, exactly. I was like, they're going to they're gonna collide. I'm just like, oh God, I have to take a screenshot off because it's kind of funny looking. But uh, yeah, they're, they're a little too similar for me to be playing at the same time. So I was like, Vanquish, we will let you sit for a little while. I'll come back to you later. It it's high octane it reminds you how stupid japan thinks america is and that's what's very fun um and like and not even in like a like a mean way i just mean that like whenever they make like american-ish like military bros it's so funny and i think maybe more accurate than when america does it um because it's just like they're always like yeah and like just i don't know there's something about what they do and it's so unique. And it's like the Metal Gear Solid stuff kind of of it. And I, I love it so much. And the, the juxtaposition as well, because the protagonist like works for DARPA, but mm-hmm. also like he's an absolute bonehead and he just smokes cigarettes in the middle of fights. And ah. Right? Like I think they think they're all like, like obviously they don't actually, but like it's just like I just find it interesting because it's such a like um it's such a different take on like when America creates that like badass guy character, right? It's like, I think when America does it, it always feels like it's kind of not ironic. Like they're like genuinely like, yeah, look at this guy. But like the Japanese ones, they always feel like, and this guy feels like even they're like, he's kind of (laughs) dumb, you know? But I also can't tell. I'm like, are you guys being real about this? Or like, what's going on here? Like, it's just a fun game. (laughs) And oh, you do this. Though I will say, I do think the like jetpack sliding around could be a little more optimized in it. Like I feel like we could have used that a little more. Like sometimes you'd use it and you're like, oh fuck, oh I hit a wall. Okay. <laughs> you're like like there's some narrow corridors. I kinda wish there was a bit more of it. But then again, I might breath. just be bad at it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> just it just depends. Um but it's pretty cool. It's a platinum games, right? Like I mean it's a fucking good action game, you know? Um, the other one that I retired again, just because I was like, well, I can't start a Metroidvania now is unsighted, uh, which is like a 2d Metroid video ish game, um, on for lack of better classification on game pass. I can already tell that I am going to become very obsessed with this game. So I was like, bro, you got to wait. Cause like I was starting it and I was like, Oh no. Like I could already tell. I was like, this is, uh, I'm going to spend a lot of time playing this game. It's very <laughs> cool. You're like, you wake up, you're like a, a, I don't, you don't even really know. You're like an Android of some type, but you have to collect these. Um, um, all the Androids are dying. They need a certain amount of um, energy to like keep alive. But, uh, if you if they don't, they turn into what's called unsighted, which are all the enemies that you're fighting. Basically, manic, psychopathic robots who have no more control and just want to destroy everything. Um, so in this game, you have to decide who will live, and it is very cool and a very unique premise. And uh, I'm enjoying it so far. Anyway, that's it for my retired. It's not not a whole lot going on there. Uh, why don't we jump a Rooney right back into what we're playing? Um, Rick, do you want to take it away? Yeah, for sure. So um, I'm playing quite a lot at the moment. Um, first thing, I'll talk about the uh, the sort of new multiplayer 
situation we've got going on, which is Risk of Rain 2. Uh, phenomenal game. Cannot recommend it highly enough. I already had sort of 10, 15 hours under my belt on this game in early access before we sort of jumped back into it for co-op. Brutally hard. Very, very difficult. Um, but in a very fair way, you always feel like um, you have a lot of agency in how those situations go. Um, it does the perfect roguelike thing where you make lots of micro decisions very, very quickly. So the conceit of the game is that you um, are stranded in this like alien place and you have to jump from teleporter to teleporter to teleporter uh, to find your way back to the rescue ship to get home. Um, so you're going through multiple different biomes. In each biome, the objective is to find the teleporter, activate the teleporter, uh, defeat the boss that spawns when you activate said teleporter, and um, stay by it long enough for it to activate. Um, the risk-reward is that the longer you spend in-game, the harder the game gets overall. And you have like a count in the top corner of your screen that, that goes from easy to normal to hard to impossible, eventually to ha 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 continuously. Um, you don't retain money between biomes. So every time you teleport to a new world, uh, whatever cash you haven't spent um, becomes XP for your character. And you have to start sort of collecting coin fresh in the new world to open chests and gain items. So there's this whole thing of, well, do I sort of do more exploration once I found the teleporter to get more items? Do I just activate the teleporter? Um, how much time am I willing to lose in the pursuit of making myself more powerful? Um, and also, you know, which enemies do I want to engage in? Which do I not? Because to a great extent, you don't really have to. Uh, there's multiple different characters, each with their own loadout. Uh, they all feel very, very different to play. Um, there's lots of unlocking to be done there. Um, and it builds on um, the really great foundation, foundation that the original two-dimensional Risk of Rain built and seamlessly, so impressively transitions that gameplay to a 3D space and almost a completely different game type. Um, the the dev Hoppo games, I've mentioned them before here, um, they made the excellent Deadbolt as well. Um, and the soundtrack, oh my god, the soundtrack. Um, they retain a composer called Chris Christodoulou. Uh, his music, um, I've probably butchered his name, he's Greek. His music is phenomenal, whether it's on these games, whether it's on Deadbolt, whether it's on his other projects. Um, as a package, single or multiplayer, this game is phenomenal. Um, and I'm, I'm having a blast having a reason to play it again, which is cool. Um, I will save that one for the end because that will tie right back into you Alex um, mm. played a little bit of Oracle of Seasons I really need to sort of beat a few games and just dedicate some time to that because I'm, I'm struggling to sort of motivate myself just to sit down and plug away at it um, it kind of shows its age and now that game of the month for that has passed it's just like I need to play this I'm not really enthused about playing this uh. so that's one that needs to get back on um, I am still playing The Witcher the original uh, still like it a lot haven't made loads of progress with it, but it is really cool. Um, playing a point-and-click game called The Blind Prophet. It is like a, a Kickstarter project that got made. Um, it's a hand-drawn point-and-click adventure. The artwork for this is stunning. It's um, like comic book drawing for every character, every panel, um, every environment just looks really really great it's like playing a really dark comic book um 
the story's a little bit by the numbers, a little bit generic. Um, the translation's not perfect, but the characterization is pretty cool. Um, there's not really any moon logic. The puzzles are pretty straightforward to follow. Uh, the story's engaging for for all the all the novelty it lacks, which I will always take uh, an engaging but unoriginal story over a unique rubbish one any day. Um, so that's cool. And it was really, really cheap, and it is really, really cheap in the sale. If you like that kind of game, it's a really easy recommendation. I've had a, a lovely time with it. Um, just started on the point of Metroidvanias, a game called Time Spinner, if either of you played that at all. It rings a bell, but I haven't played it. Like, I have the... I think I have this on Switch, I've... actually. That would track. Yeah, I think I've looked into this, but I haven't gotten it yet. Like so it, it's a small indie project, very heavily inspired by like Symphony of the Night. It's uh, it's that kind of um, pixel arty Metroidvania. Um, I'm only about 15 minutes in, but so far very very cool. Um, it's sort of unique spin, if you'll pardon the pun, is um, like time control mechanics. So the first one you get very early on is the limited ability to stop and restart time, um, and I've just done a little puzzle where you like stop an enemy in midair and use it as a platform to reach an otherwise inaccessible ledge, uh, which was very, very cool. Um, initial signs are promising, and it's on Vita, which is always a tick in the pro column. Um, then, penultimate game, I promise, we're getting there. Um, with my fancy new folding phone, I decided to jump in on the very recent sort of full release of Final Fantasy VII, The First Soldier, for Android. Uh, it's a... It's a battle royale, yeah? Like, it's exactly what you expect it to be, just with the Final Fantasy skin. It is a lot of fun to play. Um, <laughs> they've definitely sort of reused some assets and sort of pulled things around that way. Um, but they do some cool things with it. So there's the inversion on the spells, the way they use those. So each one is like its own special skill now. So like Blizzard, for example, is like a little turret that auto-fires. Um Fire is like a like a, a rocket type thing. Just clever things with those with the summons. Uh, it's got a very cool parkour mechanic where if you jump at a at a surface on almost everyone, the character will like do a little bit of movement up and around it. So it's very um, traversable in that sense. Uh, I can't see myself putting a load of time into it just by the nature of the game. Uh, but if that's the kind of thing you're into, if you're super invested in uh, in the world of Final Fantasy VII. They have actually put a lot of effort into it, it seems, and it looks like they've done a pretty good job. So that is always a big plus. Um, and the final game I'm playing, and this is going to be your segue in, Alex, because I know you're playing it too, uh, is Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. It's really, really good. How far are you um, I am in Chapter 6. I've chipped away at this piecemeal. There's every chance you're further in than I am. Oh, yeah, I'm on chapter 13. I'm, like, almost done. I'm probably going to beat it tonight. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, when? Hang on. Oh, this oh, game no, 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 no. no. Yeah. Paolo, I finger slipped to my... I, I beat Fire Emblem. You can't say, oh, my God, how did you beat that game? Yeah, this That's game's not, not even that, that long. <laughs> <laughs> Each chapter is, like, okay. maybe an hour and, like, a bit. Like, like I'd say the chapters are, like, an hour-ish. Some are, like, an, an hour, hour and a half-ish. Yeah. yeah, just about. And it's mostly narrative. Like, the game actually plays itself in a lot of respects. In a good way. Yes, Especially if yes. you do what I did and turn off the QTEs. I did the same thing, dude. Back. Fuck QTEs. Who needs them? Right. It feels so good right. without them. Um, uh -huh. This game is fucking awesome. Like, I have 
very i was talking to paula about this a little bit before we were recording i think this might be my favorite marvel game like hmm, and, and honestly i played the spider-man uh games like and the new ones and i love them they're incredible no shade they're incredible but this game is so fucking tight do you know what it actually reminds me of this reminds me of mass effect in like the best possible ways in the sense of like and i actually was like mass effect could learn a few fucking things from this game particularly when it comes to party because like something i've always complained about is that like mass effect you know you've got this awesome cast of characters but let's be real you've got you aria and whoever you decide to take along and Garrus probably, I don't know. Like, you know, like there's like a couple that you end up sticking with each time. Right. Uh, and so you only kind of get to know a few of the characters and yeah, you talk to them on the ship and you get to know them a little bit, but when you're out in the field, you kind of stick with a few people, but this game, it just has such a smart way of doing this where like, you've got your whole crew and like the mechanics too. I really feel like I'm like, yeah, I'm playing with the guardians. Like I love the kind of RTS ish style, like combat that's going on. I, I do agree with you though, that the fucking quill thing is, I immediately turn that to click instead of hold the L, but who holds L3 down? That is hard. <laughs> like, bro, I PlayStation back button attachment. Have you not got like an elite controller or something? I do. Like, yeah, you're right. I guess shit. I could just do that. Um, I just didn't want to bother to repaddle it. Yeah. I, I think I've got I dodge on one paddle. I've got Quill's abilities on the other. Way better. Yeah, that's true. I guess I could probably put all the Quill's abilities on that one. But <laughs> um, yeah, I just, uh, I didn't want to bother with it. I suppose I could just, I guess I can go in and refix one of them. But I'm so far at this point, I don't even care. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll do that. I'll go, I'll go add L3 to one of them. Dodge to the other one. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, it's just like, a really fantastic game and like the writing is superb um the combat is fun and fluid i will say so i'm playing it right now on ray tracing mode uh which is unreal gorgeous like it is beautiful but near the end when you start to get into like some of them battles get pretty crowded especially like there's all they throw a lot at you it gets a little sluggish but the nice thing is you can just you don't have to like reset to change the mode so like I would just like pop into the menu, click on performance mode and go back in and suddenly I'm at 60 FPS and like everything's running smooth. Um, so that's nice. But I think in general, like the ray tracing mode is just so worth playing on because like even when I hit performance mode, it's very noticeable. And like, man, I just, again, I never thought lighting mattered so much until I've suddenly have played games with ray tracing because holy crap. It is like I stop often just to stare at these vistas they've created because they're so beautiful. That being said, when Gamora has like a tank top on, her arms are really weird. <laughs> it's like like they're a string bean, aren't they? It's oh my strange. god, they're little string yeah. beans, and they're like they're like like sticking out there, and I'm like, girl, <laughs> you need to put on a shirt. I'm like freaking out a little. But then, but then when she's got her outfit on, they look normal. I don't know what the problem is. I I don't know why. Is it because her like shoulders are like really low or something? I don't know. People, when you play, you'll notice like her shoulders seem unreal, and her arms seem like giant stick figures, and it like freaks me out. And to it's be almost fair, like she's an alien. Yeah. Uh. but the thing is uh? <laughs> if she looked like that in her outfits sure i could buy that but she doesn't look like that when she's wearing any of her costumes so there's something yeah. weird going on <laughs> um anyway and also some of the facial animations are hilarious but overall it's it's quite it's quite a beautiful game um and 
I've only encountered a few little bugs. Like sometimes I've got, I've clipped into things and I can't get out, but it's been pretty rare and it's got a good saving system. So this game's proper emotional too. And like, there's a few moments in it where I was like, damn, like, and I have to say, I don't necessarily think the game is like better or like, like worse than the movies per se. Like, I think they stand up on their own. Um, like I, I, I like putting them, they're two very different experiences. Personally, I'm enjoying this game more than the movies just because I'm also kind of someone who likes the games, but I also think the, this is what I'd say. The movies walked so this could run. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I hundred percent. They think this is a better story though. I think it's better written. I think the, uh, the relationships are far more believable. Um, yes. again, I think the, the medium helps cause they have far more time to back and exactly. forth banter. And like even six chapters in, I've already played three movies worth of banter, and I think it it's only fair to sort of give it that context. But even so, yes, that's what I mean. Like I think in terms of mediums, like this one, I actually think like I agree with you. I think it's 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 better suited for the game medium, weirdly enough. And like mm. I also have to say, and I don't really think this is a spoiler. I don't know. Well, anyway, it, like from what I've seen thus far. It's just the like the, there's no like relationship stuff between Gamora and Peter. I don't know. You, you, I don't. Th- that's not a spoiler. Wait, break is gonna edit the episode. Yeah, you're gonna edit this. You're gonna have to. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, that, like Peter doesn't have a relationship with any of the other Guardians, like a sexual relationship. You know what I mean? Like in the movies. It could learn that from Mass Effect. Yeah, but I actually think that's really nice. Like, I kind of prefer this because, like, I don't know. It makes them feel more like a family. I mean, to be fair, I haven't finished the game, so I don't know. Maybe he does. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, they all feel like they're more on, like, an equal footing with each other. And I just, I don't know. I like that a lot. Like, I liked that choice um, because it just, yeah, it it connects them more. Because it almost feels like in the movies it's uneven. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, well, yeah, there's mm-hmm. these two have the relationship. And then the rest are kind of out. Which is also an interesting thing to explore. But anyway, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy is phenomenal. If you pick it up, I picked it up in a Black Friday sale for like half off. So if you could do that, freaking grab that shit. Because it is a good game. All right, let me speed through the rest of what I'm playing. Uh, Rhythm Heaven haven't really touched it i'm playing it oh it's probably gonna be retired next week but it's fun um, <laughs> uh new pokemon snap i started that up this is my like while i'm watching succession uh game so just going <laughs> through it it is very pretty I, I you're right paula it makes the rest of the pokemon games look like trash um it's just oh, even yeah. their character models are very good to be fair though i still think it is clearly a significantly different endeavor than the Pokemon games. Like there's obviously a lot less that they're, that they have to, you know, do not to like diminish what they've done. Cause it's beautiful, but like, you know, there aren't like 700 Pokemon in this game. So it's like fair. Um, but the environments are beautiful. It's really fun. It's just exactly what is advertised. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, this is yeah. a game where you're going to take pictures of Pokemon on a track. Go have fun. And you're like, I will. Uh, and yeah, that's all there is really to it. Like, I don't have much more to say. It's pretty, and you take pictures of cute Pokemon. What more do you want? <laughs> um, last thing, though, I'm playing Grace, Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. I'm in part two right now. Holy shit. This one slaps. Like, part two is so good, and it is starting to eke up and like, maybe my favorite Ace Attorney. Like, it's getting up there. Like, I don't think it'll ever... Trump Phoenix, right? Because come on, childhood. But like, damn, it is up there with the best of them. And 
I'm only on the fourth case. I'm on the fourth case now. Like I just started it. And finally I've been like playing it even like instead of just on the bus, I'm like sitting down being like, Oh, what's going on? I want to know what happens. Um, so yeah, really recommend it. It's a shame that the first game isn't as good as this one, because I think some people might bounce off early, but like super good and highly recommend. Uh, that's me. Paula, take us home. I just had a random thought because like on the investigations games, like the second one is like it's also the best <laughs> so much better than the first one and people bounce off from the first one and it makes me sad because again it's like i think it just needs like you have to set so much up right and then also they're learning they're like learning about this world and like what works well in it and i think that's what happened with this game too it's like the first one they're kind of setting up they're experimenting with some things and then in this one it's like well we've set all this stuff up now we can knock the pins down you know and it sounds to me like the second, and I'm excited. Those are the only two games I haven't played in the Ace Attorney, you know, world. Like I've played everything now, um, except for the investigations mm-hmm. games. So those are na- those are up next. I'll, I'll probably, <laughs> I, I, I think I'm going to play them over my Christmas break. Like I kind of want to when I like head home for the holidays. I'm finally going to get to go home for the holidays this year. Um, yeah. So anyway, Paula. Okay. Uh, so I'm still playing Polybridge. Um... There weren't like uh, six, six like maps or worlds or whatever. There were seven. So um, now I'm for real like on the last area of the game. Uh, still, I I was I I had to give it like a little break because the the first puzzle or the first stage of the last area frustrated me frustrated me like to no end, and I had to like up there and i'll probably go back and like in a later date so yeah like well the rich has like a couple like a the, uh, this area has like a couple of bullshit stages so i had to like put it down for a couple of weeks and i'll probably like go back to finish the game like in the course of another like two or three weeks because i i, I am i'm pretty much like near the end of the semester so she is speaking is picking back up again. Um, Top of Buyers Four. Uh, we've been playing these like uh, with my boyfriend, like club. Uh, mm-hmm. Both of us against like uh, AI. Um, a-, a like AI players, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we are like we we use like the. The, the easy difficulty to like get used to like the the new controls and new hotkeys and stuff like that. Then we jump uh, into like normal. We start to like try out like more civilizations and more uh, maps and stuff. And the other day we were like, "Hey, what if we the 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 last couple of um of games like went pretty well? We we could just like um put like both of the AIs in." Uh, in hard difficulty, we were steamrolled. Mm. Like the the jump from normal to hard it is stupid because sometimes, like in normal, you either have like an uh, an AI that uh, attacks like from time to time, or just a sitting duck. Sometimes they just stay in their base uh, for a while and try to do like the other missions mm-hmm. with uh, hard mode. They were poking us like very early into the game, and and we 
and they it, 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 it was horrible because they they target your your villagers they tried to disrupt your economy and we had to wall off everything to survive even as long as we did oh man uh, yeah um I just gotta say, like, the AI uh, enemies, like, really, uh, they, they, they are competent, they, they, they will put up a fight. Um, okay. Also, there was, like, a patch recently, and there was, like, a stupid thing you could do to do, uh, to pretty much guarantee victory against, like, a, a, a human, another human, and is that um, the one uh, civilization that could, like, move their buildings around, uh, you could just, uh, before the patch, you, you could just, like, go with your town center to the enemy base, put the town center there, and pretty much start attacking from the town center, with your town center, the town center of your enemy. And unless the, that player, like, either play bad, or, like, the other player play, like, the, the really, really, really good, the, there's no way out. They, they, they do that, you're already fucked. Uh, so the developers patched that, so you cannot build like a town center like closer than a certain distance of another town center from from an enemy um, from an enemy civilization. So yeah, those are the Age of Vampires for ad the adventures or misadventures. Nice. Uh, so I'm gonna jump, uh, jump fight on Cupid Par Cupid Parasite. Sorry. I I I love this game. <laughs> like I was like a little bit hesitant because, uh, it it seemed that it was like more character driven in a way, or like more. It, it pretty much because it was silly. It was like, oh, will will I like like this kind of uh like a rom com game? Because I don't, uh, I I don't really dig like slice of life uh, anime that much. My my fears were quickly dispelled because this, the entire cast of this game, like the, the all the characters, are <laughs> are so out there, and uh, the ways of plot evolves is so out there, so ridiculous that it, that it, and so funny and I like the comedy is like very well timed and stuff like that. So it has been an enjoyable experience to run through. Even like um, when there was like this kind of like misunderstanding TM uh, during the the route I'm currently playing, it it was done in such a way that you couldn't help but laugh because like the the protagonist Lynette, she can get so fucking salty at times, and she and she has this attitude and it is amazing. Like on the prior route, on 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 another route, she kind of like goes back to Celestia because shit happened, and she was very mad at the uh, at at the love interest of that route because the stuff happened, and she was called to Celestia uh, because there were like I guess toxic relationship keeping needed like to break up and stuff like that, and she was like oh. I wonder what kind of cables I have to break up. She sees the list and it's like, huh. 
abusive relationships, the to toxic motherfuckers. Oh my god, humans really like to go dumpster diving when it comes to relationships. Oh, like, girl, way to call in out the, the like the Otome players that like, I don't know, you're from um, Piofir or something like that. And in this proud, some she was pissed again. Um, to the point that she was kind of turning into the prestige parasite uh, in the sense of uh, everything was work, 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 work. And the prestige parasite that is like the love interest of this world was like, they kind of swapped places and it was dumb. It was still funny, but it was dumb. And I think I... Um, I already talked about this game a little bit, but one of the things I didn't notice until I actually did some research is that the like the love interests of the game are like uh, centered around like the uh, six types of love according like to and I'm gonna butcher this the color wheel theory of love. So mm. they're centered around like uh, like one character represents like eros that is love of beauty, ludus like love as fun, or a story yeah, love as friendship, mania, enthusiastic love, agape, dedicated love, and pragmatic, practical love. Um, so the way they... Um, like, the, it, it makes sense, because you even have to, like, take, like, a, uh, a, a test of some kind, and it's like, oh, yeah, uh, you're, like, this kind of... Um, uh, uh, this is like the kind of love uh, you're like into or something like that and you get like extra points with that character and that helps you get into the road and it is so funny because they, they take like this quality and blow it out of proportion and it works I don't know how but it works <laughs> and and again this game is so fucking stupid uh, because they they the, the developers, I, I guess, they, they were like, okay, let's get, let's make a rom-com otome, but let's have this stupid premise, like, Cupid uh, had a disagreement with her father and went into the world, and now she's working as a writer advisor. For, like, Cupid Company, right? You said it was some Yeah, really... for Cupid Corporation. My God. And, and, yeah, like, technically there are, like, According to, I guess, the books of the game, there are five parasites, uh, but there's like a secret route, so technically six, but you could say even that there's a seventh parasite, and that is like the protagonist, Lynette, because they're, uh, her friends call her like the Cupid Parasite, girl credits. Very good, yep. <laughs> because she's so focused on matching people together, like... Uh, bringing people together that she's stupidly blind to others feel about her like stupidly blind like super dense to the point that they have to, uh, her um, her friend had to spell it out for her and she still didn't believe it uh, so yeah that's I could find about this game like, for, for a while but I'm gonna move on for the sake of of time and mm -hmm. I'm playing uh, Pokemon Shining Pearl on the Switch. And it's funny because the, the first time I saw the remix for the fourth generation of Pokemon games and um, the 
the Pokemon Legends Arceus game, I was leaning towards getting Pokemon Legends Arceus and not the remakes. But the more they reveal about the the games, I started leaning the other way around because like Arceus kind of looks like kind of choppy, and there are things that didn't really make sense. Like there was like this phone thing. I'll be honest with like, you. Like mother phone with a camera, and I'm like, huh. Why am I using and the, this stupid journal to catalog Pokemon if I can use this phone? Sorry. No, and... <laughs> I was looking at like Shining Pearl. I'm, I'm surprised you got these. Like I saw these games and I was like, I'm not touching this shit with a 3,000 foot pole. <laughs> oh, the fun thing as well. I'm not sure if you guys saw it. Uh, it's literally the same ROM for both games. There's like a flag on the ROM that says which version it's going to be. To be fair, that's yeah. always been the case with these Pokemon games. Yeah. They've always been a cash grab, you know? <laughs> dual releases, yeah! Yeah, right? Like yeah. It's, it's always been dual releases in name. Yeah, but still, like, this game in particular, like, the, the remix, they had, like, the TBR style that is not, like, everyone's cup of tea. Mm -hmm. But overall, the games run, like, really well. The battles are... A lot faster than they were like in the original games because holy fuck, fourth generation, fourth generation has the slowest battle system in all the Pokemon games, and it can be maddening at times, uh, especially when the uh, HP bar starts going down. But everything about that has been fixed on this. Uh, there's a lot of uh, Pokemon that got like a new move set or like new moves on their move set. Uh, mm -hmm. And, and of course, they had the new fairy type that was like added after the release of the game. And uh, even though it, it it looks better than I even saw in the trailers, I don't know. It is weird. And the TV art style also like grew me. And the grand underground. Oh my god! If I already lost myself in the regular underground on the previous on on the original releases. Um, uh, I'm just gonna go dig some studies up, hopefully find some fossils and stuff like that. And you also have like these, like, caves underground, and there are like more Pokemon there, and you can like build your face and like put statues around and like affect what uh, kind of Pokemon you you encounter. And um, I thought it would like put me up that the uh gym leaders have like the original like jeans from the diamond and pearl not the platinum version but i played platinum so i still don't know what to expect from most of the jeans but i heard the diamond and pearl uh team from i think it was the electric time gym leader is weird <laughs> and i mean for it like i think it has a pokemon that shouldn't be there by any means um but yes, it's old school Pokemon. Like before, when things went to sh other shit. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna go in a rant. I'm not gonna go in a rant. Okay, and moving on. <laughs> Shin Megami Tensei Five. Oh my Ooh. god, the wait was so worth it. Yes, I'm so glad to hear that. Okay. Yeah, the wait was so worth it. I'm not gonna go into details, but you're throwing into action like. Relatively quick, especially compared. I think compared to four, especially compared to four apocalypse, uh, you get into the actual uh, gameplay really, really quick. 
Uh, at least from what I remember. Dope. I'm missing Burroughs. Burroughs was so nice. Burroughs kept all the side quests for me. Um, I'm not missing the like the uh, dual screen as much as I thought I would, which okay. is weird. Uh, so it, it kind of like like that transition to stitch really nicely. And the dialogue for the when you recruit demons, it is top notch. I already love Venom 4. It is even better here, and you're gonna love it, Rick, because there are some really uh, entertaining fans there. Oh, I need to get a Switch, for fuck's sake. You need to get a Switch. <laughs> Join us here. Well, as soon as you uh, buy the ones that you owe us, Paola, I'll, uh, I'll get straight on it. <laughs> oh, and... Uh, the music is fantastic. The gameplay is smooth. I already die once because of my own stupidity, hmm. but it is very quickly like to just go back into the game, so no big deal. Um, so the the new area, the new area I'm at is a little bit brutal, so I was almost murdered by uh, a demon that is pretty much uh, pussing boots. <laughs> I think it's Kat Kat Sith. Uh, yeah. Kate Sith, yeah, 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 I know the one you said. Yeah. And and yeah, uh, oh. Also, uh, one of the big mechanics from all the MCT games is Demon Fusion. Mm -hmm. As always, you can customize your demons, so nothing new there. Uh, there's other aspects uh, that are added in the Cathedral of Chardos equivalent of this game. Mm -hmm. It's not the Cathedral of Chardos, but they, they have their own thing. Yeah. And the the animation for the Demon Fusion is Chef Kiss. Like, if, you're, if you really are a fan of Peace and Demons, because I know I am, it, I need to fuse more demons. I need to, like, uh, customize my party, and you need to make the perfect team, and I need to watch that stupid cutscene, because it drugs. Um, that's enough of me fangirling about Shimei Waiten Save 5 for today. Though, I've started one game, one more game. <laughs> this is the last one, I promise. I think your that fingers is... slipped again, Paola. <laughs> that is Fire Emblem Genealogy of the Holy War, and yeah, my, my fingers slip again. <laughs> Got these slippery I am fingers. You gotta get on that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to defend myself right now. But uh, genealogy, genealogy of the Holy War was originally was released for the SNES, and again another Fire Emblem game. But it is the first time skills are a thing on the Fire Emblem games. Mm -hmm. Um, also, I do recommend playing this on a bigger or big-ish screen because I tried to play it on my like, 3DS and oh my god, since it is like zoom out because it was designed for like playing on a screen, on a big screen or something like that, um, the units are tiny and I don't see shit, so I had to restart the game because I lost, like, I'm doing an Iron Man run, so if I lose a unit, I lose a unit. I won't reset. That's that's the idea of the Iron Man. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but after losing like five units because of misplacing my units because I didn't clearly see what I was doing, it was like, okay, let's go to the PC. And now I'm having a better time there. Um, the chapters, there's fewer chapters than in the prior Fire Emblem games. Because in the other games, they were like, let's say, in the DS ones, there's 24 chapters plus the prologues. Uh, on this, there's like, I think it was 10, 11, I don't know. Uh, but each map has multiple, like, missions, let's say. Uh, so you're in the first map. You have to like to siege this uh, this fortress, and then you have to go to the other one to actually do the thing you were supposed to do from the very start. And uh, I guess like all the maps are like that. There were quality of life improvements that weren't in the previous games. Uh, you can save. There's an auto save mechanic that you can activate, and it will save like at the at the start of every turn um, if you let it do so. You can also you also have four save slots, so I would recommend having like the auto save slot, plus uh, saving one time like at the very start of the chapter, and then like administrate the other two as you see fit. And yeah, that's oh, and the villages you no longer like immediately lose a village if a thief made it it's it to the village. Uh, but if you, it's, it, but they, they can be attacked and the sooner you rescue the village, the sooner, the, the more, the better prices, I guess, you get, like, uh, usually price money. So the more, the more you rescue of the village, the more of the village is left, uh, the more money you get. So that's nice. Um, yeah, I think that's all. That's all right, everything should... I've been playing. Yeah, this was the longest we've ever talked about our games. <laughs> Sorry, everybody, yeah, but, but I hope you enjoyed them. We, we, you know, we just had all those special episodes for you the last few weeks, so we just had so much we wanted to share about all these Let's wonderful games. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but now, capitalism has struck, and we have been... <laughs> We have been all uh, smacked by good old Black Friday, which really, Black Friday month now, I guess, because frankly, none of us live in the country where this is actually a thing. Um, <laughs> we don't. <laughs> yep. it's, it's just like permeated us. Like, you know, Canada too is all like, ooh, Black Friday. And it's like, what? Um, like, yeah. we don't celebrate Thanksgiving. I mean, we do. Our retail is the same. Time. So, like, oh, sick, a pretend retail sale where we can like, give you great deals quote unquote before we do better deals in january but too late you've already paid for it now yeah exactly yep, though i guess with games much. i find it interesting like i find from what i've noticed recently is like with games in particular because yeah i don't buy any other stuff on black friday because like you said they just get cheaper later but games too it's like the deals you find here tend to be the same as the christmas deals that they give you they just like redo it a month later they're like here you go <laughs> you're like oh Pretty much. wait that was black friday deals and you're like yeah well what do you expect it's only been a month <laughs> um they're not wrong right exactly they're mm -hmm. not wrong but uh we have we, we bought a bunch of games i went a little crazy um but i got a bunch of like real good like switch exclusives getting me some monster hunter rise and some persona 5 strikers um I basically went and got all the like the Japanese uh, <laughs> fucking Switch exclusives because I also got the wonderful <laughs> 101 and Astral Chain. So I was like, I guess I'm just getting all these ones here. Um, but I've never played Monster Hunter Rise. Like I've never played a Monster Hunter game in my life. So I was like, you know what? 
this seems like it might be the one to get in on because like apparently it's the most accessible of them i think i hope i really hope it is because otherwise i'm screwed Um, but if anybody's a big monster (laughs) hunter player please let me know um but yeah i don't know i got some i got some good shit i really got in on like uh tales of arise as well i got a lot of japanese games actually i think about it they just they, they hooked me in been wanting to play them yeah also you're gonna be playing for a while because none of them are short yeah i didn't really buy any short games to be honest well i don't know guardians i'm almost done like i picked that up earlier in the week and like i'm almost through it now um and i got control as well the ultimate edition because you know gotta get that good shit but did you guys get anything interesting in your black friday deals or did you stick to like the steam world I pretty much stick to the Steam World because I already like blew my budget in both the Halloween <laughs> uh, Steam sales where my backlog fucking exploded. Uh, plus, I had three releases this month, which were Cupid Parasite, Pokemon Shining Pearl, and Chimera Items of Five. I got mm. limited editions for both of, for two of those, so I'm broke. <laughs> uh, but I still. Uh, managed to get uh, three games on on Steam because they were like cheap enough, and one of them I was like really looking forward to because it it it, it was it, it is going to have a Switch release, but at the end of the day, the Steam version was like eight times cheaper than the physical Switch version that mm-hmm. was the one I was gonna get, and that is Hashi Hime of the Old Book Town, and that is a visual novel, but it's, it is an anatomy, it is a uh, Boy Love or BL uh, visual novel game and it, it is very funny because I've been eyeing this game for like an entire year but right now I can't even remember like what was it about but it, it was <laughs> there was a mystery trust me on this one and it is really sure. good trust me on this one because I read like a, a bunch of reviews and I was like okay I always wanted to play a BL game but this is mm-hmm. this seems the one uh, like the one to get nice so I got that one. Uh, the other game I got was Real Alchemist, and that is uh, an atomic game that I've also been like, hmm, maybe if it was cheap. Oh, huge discount. Yeah, I'm getting that. And you know what's funny, also- Paula? Now, sorry, I want to cut it real quick. As I was looking at all the Switch deals, suddenly I know what all these freaking anime looking games are (laughs) for a long time i always saw these things i was like i don't know what that is like oh code realize oh cupid parasite oh like all our x malice or whatever i'm like holy shit i know all the otomes now (laughs) because that's going through (laughs) yep i i know them i'm welcome in that world (laughs) oh beautiful I think I... Clark Cross Valleys would be like up your alley though. Anyway, um, and the final one I got was uh, Sumire. Oh, uh, good. Because also, yep, it was on discount. I hopefully, hopefully, hopefully I can get to it before the end of the year. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> oh, I forgot one other thing that I got, and I was talking about this too. I actually, um, the EverDrives were on sale. So I got the Game Boy Advanced EverDrive because I, I was talking with Pal about this earlier, but. um. Bro, the Easy Flash, it is unreliable. It's just really unreliable. Like, I've had a lot. And, and now, to be fair, I should also say, this is the fellow who plays a lot of Game Boy Advance games. Like, I have used that Easy Flash well, right? Like, I've played so many on mm-hmm. it, but I've been noticing lately that there's something going on. It's losing saves. 
uh, games will get corrupted at times. Um, shit's just going weird. Like I started like Mega Man, um, the, uh, Oh darn it! What's the name of Wally's that? Revenge? No, no, it's the the RPG one. You know where you're, uh, like oh, Battle Network. Battle Network. Yeah, I started it, and something happened like pretty quick in, and I was I was enjoying it actually. I'm gonna go back to that game. It's pretty cool. Um, but like something was just got fucked right away. So I was like, you know what? The EverDrives are on sale. I had that Game Boy Color one, and it's just been so much more consistent from the get go. Um, and they've just everyone I always like say like they just work, you know. Um, so. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with that and say goodnight to the easy flash and maybe someday I'll use it for something, but I'm just like, goodbye. <laughs> uh, what about you, Rick? What did you, did you jump on anything? I, similarly to Paola, spent quite a lot in the Halloween sale, so I haven't spent much Black Friday. Um, I'm still kind of playing the Halloween sale ones, but I did, uh, jump on a few games. Uh, I'll pull the screenshot up that I shared in our contract, our conversation. For easy reference, I only spent like twelve pounds, um, but I got the sexy brutal on a heavy discount. That game's supposed to be amazing. Um, paid like two pounds for that. Oh, <laughs> I retired that game. It's okay. Oh, oh, okay. It's I not bad that. if you got it on a deep discount. I think that's worth it because it is unique and interesting. Uh, but, it's got its flaws, but it's one of those like you know seven out of ten games where like. It could you if you're if you're in the right headspace with it, I think you could really enjoy it. But it also has some stuff that might like. It's a little rough around the edges, but anyway. Yeah, it's it's cheap enough. Like I literally two pounds twenty four pence. Like, totally worth it for three two pounds. Four, three or four pad maybe. <laughs> yeah, way <laughs> worth it for that. <laughs> um, I got a little two D sort of side scrolling puzzly thing called Dreaming Sarah, ninety uh, percent off. That was forty seven pence. Um, I got Crawl, which is like a lo- local co-op situation thing. That's a really um, fun game, actually. I played that with some friends. It's good. Is it? Nice. That, I mean, that's what I'm banking on being able to do. And that is the most expensive game I bought this sale at £3.29. Um, I got the soundtrack for The Blind Prophet, which I'm currently playing, and which is a game I bought in the Halloween sale. Um, I got a game by Edmund McMillan, the Super Meat Boy guy. Called mm. Fingered. That was 79 pence. That's like one of his older ones that looks like it could be kind of fun. Um, and I got a 2D sort of beat em up thing called Fight and Rage, which looks kind of cool. And um, I'm going to give it a try. If I hate it, I'll refund it. Nice. And that's literally my whole haul. I spent like closer to 50 quid on the, uh, on the Halloween sale. So on this one, like the way I approach sales, everything I want. I put in my basket and then I start whittling down. So like my basket for this sale um, originally was about £60. So like I had uh, Bloodstained in there, decided I didn't really need to play that yet. I could wait on that. Um, had a game called They Always Run. Reviews were kind of mixed on it. So it's like, well, I'll wait for a heavier discount. Um, a game called Metal Unit. Looked cool again. Don't need to get to it right away. So I took it off. And then uh, after all that, you get <clears throat> 80% less than I meant to spend from 60 down to about 12 um, I'm pretty happy with my haul, to be fair. Like, um, it's all stuff I can get to relatively soon. The other thing I'm bearing in mind, I'm planning on doing like a couple of Game Pass months, so I don't yeah. really want to burden myself with too much because I know I'm going to want to like take full advantage of that for the brief period that I do it. Yeah, that was kind of my philosophy too. Like when I was looking at the sale, well, I gave myself a budget because like I knew this was coming, so like I'd been 
really late the last few months of like buying new games. I was just like, oh, I'm just going to wait, yeah. see what happens. Um, but like I was focusing a lot on Switch because I knew that it's like, well, I'm going over the Christmas break. I know I'm going home. I'm actually going to be traveling. And so I'm like, you know what? I think I'm actually going to bang out a couple Switch games over the next while, yeah. um, which is like exciting. Um, the yeah. other thing as well, especially with like backlogs, like I've made the mistake before of like jumping on a game on a discount not playing it and then a year later it's on a much heavier discount so like unless yeah. i know i'm yeah. gonna play it almost immediately or it's a developer that i really really want to support i just won't buy it yeah because i've kind got of too my... much to play like i just don't need to that was sort of my thing where it was like guardians like i'm like i bet it'll get cheaper at some point but i was like i do want to support this and i was like tales of arise was also one where i was like i know it'll be cheaper eventually but i hear it's quite good and i would like to actually put some money in it and like same with like capcom and like because i i gotta say they're doing good these days. I've been enjoying them, you know, like Ace 30 coming out, freaking uh, Monster Hunter Rise, like their RE engine, all that shit. I'm just like, yes, Capcom, what you're doing right now, continue. I will buy all your games. <laughs> like, I'm like, they're very good. <laughs> uh, and same with Atlas. Like, I do like Persona. So I was like, let's get on it. But yeah, I hear you, you know, like, don't buy a game if you suddenly are going to get it later, right? Like, I'm like, just wait until it's just dirt cheap. No, more wait until you're ready to play it. And at that point, it's probably yes. going to be cheaper anyway. Like, exactly if you're listening to this podcast you are not short of games to play you just aren't yep yeah whether it's free itch stuff whether it's backlog stuff you know whatever it happens to be you don't need it unless you're desperate to play it right this second and yeah. hey then if you can afford it you know it's your money it's free country free world whatever like you yeah. do you <laughs> you do you boo so <gasps> true bestie so yeah. true <laughs> um <laughs> God. And I know in these days too, game sales. Oh, actually, <laughs> Rick's like just done. It's, like, it's very late for Rick right now. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was also going to say, like, because I'm like, when it comes to sales, I've got like, you know, I'm doing the like Pepe Sylvia shit. Like, I've got like everything on my walls. Like, oh, which game where? Like, I make a document with like all of like the places, but like, Deku deals again for Switch stuff. And they've recently incorporated uh, like, xbox and playstation but they don't have the physicals for those but like deku deals for switch stuff because it shows you everywhere that games are on sale and tells you the lowest price ever and what Mm -hmm. i love too is it has the chart telling you when games are on sale and you can see the patterns that companies put out on and like i love that because like it gives you a sense of like for instance some games you'll see and you look at it and it's like their pattern has been the exact same price always so you can kind of know like, okay, maybe one day they'll drop it lower, but like they're pretty consistently keeping it this price. This is probably the base price that they're comfortable with, right? Like you can kind of find when games, because realistically some games, they just won't go lower, right? They're like, no, this is where we're going to keep it. There's no point for us to go lower. And I, I like using those trackers and like I do it the same with like Xbox deals and stuff. Cause I find, to be honest, the Switch eShop. <laughs> Uh-huh. It's the worst thing on the planet. Like that. Uh huh. Oh my yep. god! You need to use like Deku deals or something because it is just a nightmare. Like trying to find any game on there, it's it's so slow, and it's also just like a bunch of fucking things. And you're like, I don't know, because like Deku deals has how long to beat times. It has the Metacritic scores. It has like everything. It aggregates so much so effectively, and like even has like Amazon, Walmart, and all this shit. So like. Yeah, that's where I, that's what I use to get my shit. And like these days too, I honestly I've kind of hit the point where it's like if you have the willpower, 
don't just don't buy games until they're on sale because like it's so frequent now Mm. which is part of the problem with guardians because like i knew that black friday was probably going to be half off like i was like i know what they do and i'm like part of the thing is like i feel bad because i'm like i probably should support them at full but i'm like i know it's just going to be half off soon so anyway um, why don't we save our question? Because I actually want to do, we have an interesting question that I think I'd like to do as a full topic next week um, mm-hmm. because it's a big one. Yes. Um, it's, it involves box art. So like, I think, you know, look forward next week. We'll have a big old discussion on box arts because there's a lot to talk about in there. And I think it would be pretty fun to do. So why oh don't we... God, um, next week I'm going to go crazy because I am, I am like a sucker for box arts and art in general. So we're going to be here a while. Okay, but <laughs> next week the board behind Pal is just going to be box arts. We're going to have like a, a, a laser pointed PowerPoint. Yeah, hey, but let's also remember that we are an audio <laughs> format. So I know, I know. <laughs> we'll enjoy it and we'll do our best to communicate that. To yeah, that's what, what I was thinking. Anyway, we'll talk about this more, but maybe audience, you can weigh in on what you think would be interesting because part of what I wanted to float around is the idea we'll talk about our favorites, but then also like trends within box art because there are a lot of trends that have come up within it. I'm sure we can all think of the one person standing uh, in front with a gun is a big trend, but anyway, maybe we can talk about that stuff. If you have something interesting that you think we should talk about with box art, let us know before the episode drops and we'll, uh, we'll try it out. Um, and uh, hey, hit that like button while you're doing it. Beautiful. Uh, tell all your friends. Subscribe. Do something. I don't know. Uh, all right, let's go on to. How long to beat the game? Uh, Rick, do you want to tell us what we're playing for? Uh, well, do I want to? I mean, not really. <laughs> but am I gonna? Yeah, I guess I can do that. I'm sure. Is I can this do the that. week where Paula breaks 100? It could be. We'll find out. Wait, didn't I break 100? I thought you did, actually. Week? I think maybe it didn't get updated. Let me check. Oops. No, wait. Did you break 100 last week? I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure I did. Uh, the New Game Plus. Oh, last week the... we did a New Game Plus, so we wouldn't have. Yeah, we It would have been the week before, it. if at all. Yeah, the week before. This is yeah, because covering as look, I guess it says get zero. Oh this yeah, is we a well organized podcast yes, machine. It was. It was one eighteen. <laughs> good job, Paula. Um one eighteen. One eighteen. Uh what was it? One oh three for you, I think. This is Maybe. riveting stuff that we come for week after week. <laughs> <laughs> and the guests finally had ten. There we go. Okay. Uh frankly the guests should have a hundred just because they did so good. Um all right. Uh Rick, what is it? What do we got? So, the game we're talking about this week is Super Mario 3D Land for the Nintendo 3DS. I think I know this one. I think you know this one. Yeah. I have faith in your knowledge of this one. Yeah. He says... Myself? Confidently, less so. Though getting a little less confident now, because <laughs> I actually realized I was thinking about... I was thinking about the Wii U game, not the 3DS oh, one. Yeah. Ah, which oh I've been playing. Uh, or was playing. Crap. Okay. Uh, shit, now I actually. Is it shorter? Is it longer? How I, long is it? I know it's shorter from when I remember playing. I, I'm pretty darn sure it's shorter. Because um, this is the, yeah, this is the 3DS one, right? Yeah. Okay. Certainly is. Yeah, yeah it's the 3DS one. 
Paula's got her head on her, her hands on her head. <laughs> yeah, I I let you to never know like what time to get to this kind of games. I feel like the main the main push I can do. Oh, the hundred percent is going to be a bit dicey. Yeah, I'm unsure when it comes to one hundred. I'm like a little. I think. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna go like eight hours, maybe for main. Okay. I think it's in that that range. I'm gonna go for. Maybe like, are we just waiting for me? Okay, maybe like 13, <laughs> 13 maybe. hours main plus maybe and like like 19 hours, 100%, I think maybe. I, I think it's somewhere along those lines. I don't think this was like the longest game in the world, but. I'm trying to think. So are you going to be so going to say seven, 7 hours, 30 minutes? I am. Yeah. Uh, for main plus, I feel gonna be like twelve, maybe less, but okay. And for one hundred percent, hmm, eighteen yeah, and a half. No, oh, just 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 gonna say twenty-one. No. Twenty-one. No. Uh, yeah, eighteen and a half. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. Rick, tell us so, what we got. Without further ado, main story, seven hours. Okay. Main extras, 12 and a half. Okay. 100%, 22 and a half. Oh, so shit. that, I think, is five points all around. Yeah, I think Paula hey. literally just made it in there. That's just good. Nice. With, an hour, with an hour to spare. Yeah, 100%. Nice. nice. Well done. Look at that. Yeah, that, that's one of those games where, you know, Fairly confident of. So we're at uh, Rick and I are at one, two, three. Uh, Pal is at one oh eight. Guess is still at ten. Who knows? We got to figure out what we're gonna do about this game. Does anyone have ideas? <laughs> What's a terminus for this? How do we restart? Um, terminus. This game goes on forever and ever. Did it you never not ends. How it long never to ends. Eternity. A, a, mil- a million more episodes. Forever <laughs> and ever and ever. To the uh, end of time episodes of how long to beat the game. Yeah. There we go. Well, thanks for tuning in this week, folks. As you can tell, we're uh, we're just tired, folk. It's 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 November. Mm-hmm. You know how it gets. It's almost December, we're but we have some looking. exciting stuff planned in December for y'all. Um, we got some fun things coming your way, so stay tuned for that. All right. Um, mm. that's it for us. To lose, take these feet. Bye. <laughs>